Across the Netflix stream, I'm Ward. This is your resource for Netflix. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Twitter, and Facebook. Cross the Netflix stream. Contact us. Let us know what you think, what you've seen, and what we should see. Go to our website to find all of our older episodes, written reviews, and Netflix news. Cross the Netflix stream.com. It's like a Transformer and Godzilla had a baby or something. Nobody's going to stop me from winning this competition. This is my chance to show the world what I'm made of. I can't wait to make the USA proud. Ultimate Beastmaster Season 2. This is that reality competition series produced by Sylvester Stallone, who does not make an appearance this season. He made an appearance the first episode of season Competitors attempt to conquer an obstacle course known as the Beast. Six different countries, 108 challengers, they all are competing to become the ultimate Beastmaster. Countries in season two were Spain, France, Italy, China, India, and the US. And there are country-specific variants focusing on the native competitors, though all competitors are shown, albeit truncated, because we don't always get every the entire run of every competitor. Now, the hosts for season two of the US were Tiki Barber and Chris DiStofano. You know, they're pretty good hosts. The uh, the Italian host, I can't remember his name. I think I want to say Francesco. He was a great host. Now, I had to read what he was saying, and sometimes I just missed it because he was talking rather quickly. But he was energetic. He was fun. He was into it. And I just wish the U.S. host, I wish we had somebody that excited. Uh, one of the Chinese hosts, she was really excited. I would say the standout host would probably be French and Italy. They had a rivalry going out going on throughout the entire season. And they just had a lot of fun just joking with each other, you know, having a lot of fun, and that's what you like to see when you're not watching competitors. It's just fun. It gives it some nice, uh, I don't know, atmosphere is not the right word, but it's good. The uh, the hosts from India, we saw a lot of those, a lot of them. They were really good hosts, I thought. We did not see a lot of the Spanish hosts. I think it was maybe episode 10 where I saw them. I'm thinking, have I seen these hosts yet? I'm not sure I've seen them the entire season. I mean, maybe they just weren't that interesting, but it's kind of odd. I mean, the U.S. hosts, they were serviceable. I know I'm talking a lot about the hosts. I'll get into the competition, but there's only so much you can say about people competing. If you've seen season one, well, you know what this is. But I do want to say a few things about our hosts, Tiki and Chris. Tiki, I thought he did a pretty good job trying to give you the play-by-play -play as much as you could. He had probably the absolute funniest line the entire season. He's talking about one of the competitors from Spain who has a some kind of online, I'm assuming YouTube show called Hot Chef. And Tiki says... He has a he has an online show, Hot Chef, and it's not because the food is spicy, it's because he's vain. I mean, you know, I'm not doing it justice. Tiki delivered it great. Chris was a bit of a different host. He joked a lot about getting dates with the other hosts, uh, made a few jokes about his love life or lack thereof, and, you know, talked avidly about kissing the female Italian judge. It just, it came off a little bit weird. You know, you make one joke okay, but when you keep it up, it's just kind of weird, especially in the current climate, you know, with women in the workplace and men just wanting them for uh, pleasure and just wanting to kiss on them and touch them and things like that. It just makes it a little weird, especially because it has nothing to do with the competition. Uh, and there are times even when he would say, oh, you know, I hope the U.S. competitor loses so I can get a kiss from the Italian judge. It's just weird. That's all I'm going to say. Moving on to the competition. You know what this is, but it's fun. I watched all of season one, and I think the biggest travesty of this show is that it's not family-friendly. There's some language that is questionable for mid- to young children, and I don't see why it's even in the show. You could easily just cut that out, and this would be family-friendly. Now, I did watch this with my family uh, because, well, I'm not going to get into 
you know, I will. Uh, I did watch my son. He is rather young. There's a lot of language in this I don't want him to use, but I don't want him to use it, which doesn't mean I don't want him to hear it. I want him to hear it and know it and understand it. So he knows when he hears these words, they're wrong. I don't want him to you know, hear these words without me around and think, oh, these words are okay. So I want to expose him to these words so he knows. So that's why he watches it. But, you know, it's just language. There's no unquestionable content as far as uh, descriptions or anything or, you know, nothing illicit. It's just a few words here and there. At least a couple every episode. So the competition, it is a lot of fun. You watch, you watch these really muscle-bound big guys and you think, man, that guy's pretty jacked. And you know what? Most of the time, they don't do as well as these lean kind of... Yeah, wiry guys. You know, these, a lot of, I mean, half the contestants seem like they're parkour people that, you know, well, I hear multiple times that France invented parkour. There's a lot of people, rock climbers and boulders. And I was like, what's going on? A rock climber and a boulder? And I looked it up and I don't quite remember, but something along the lines of a rock climber is more short bursts of energy and explosive power type thing. I I don't know. You can look it up, but that's pretty close to the answer. Uh, There were, there's a boxer, maybe a couple boxers. There's one, uh, black belt, which I thought was cool. I wish she had done a little bit better. And that's one thing. I kept hoping that the female competitors would do better. I really was rooting for them because a lot of them, and I, you know, I don't have percentages. I didn't plot this or track this, but it seemed like a lot of the female competitors would get knocked out in one of the first obstacles, which were these, it's a seven foot, uh, these gears are stationary gears seven feet apart. So seven foot long jump in essence. And it seemed like a lot of them would get knocked out on that because a lot of the females are shorter than the guys. And they just couldn't make that jump. I think, you know, there were maybe two or three women that did make it past that. And I think out of the whole season, maybe, I know of one woman that made it to the second round. Maybe there were two. I know of one. And, you know, I was always pulling for the women to make it further because I just wanted to see them succeed. And I don't know. I don't know what that means about the difference between genders and athleticism. Because these women were crazy athletic. It's just, I think it's uh, just a, you know, jumping, uh, you know, height span thing. I don't know. You could, a lot of times you could see early on in the first round, you'd see, you know, a guy making his way through the course and you're like, that guy, he's going to be the one, he's going to be the one to beat. You could just tell how athletic people were. A lot of times, you know, the first obstacle is the gears. You just have a long jump. Then you have these coils. They're spaced about, I think, 10 feet apart. And that was an obstacle that knocked out a lot of people too because it's just, you got to jump really far. And a lot of times if a guy made it through that rather, rather effortlessly, that's going to be the guy to beat. That's the guy you'd see in the final round. There are four rounds to this, various obstacles. And a lot of times the muscle-bound guys, they just, you know, they didn't have it. And the hosts, I don't know if this is true, the host said that, you know, these muscle-bound guys, they weigh so much more, it's more weight to hold because there's a lot of hangman-type things where you're holding yourself up by your arms. There's no support for your feet. So there's a lot of upper body strength you need. And a lot of times these muscle-bound guys that were just jacked, you know, the host said there's more weight, they couldn't hold themselves up, and that was it. You know, I'll defer to them, sure, maybe that's it. Uh... A lot of brothers this season. There are a couple different sets of brothers. There's one set of twins, and both of them did really well. There's one husband and wife uh, team from China that competed. I don't think they made it to the end. It's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun seeing you know these people, these skills, these athletics. It makes me want to build some obstacle course in my backyard. And you know, I'm really just blowing smoke. I'm not going to build one. It seems like a nice idea. It seems like it'd be fun, but I know that I just can't. And you know, they they kind of set it up as you're rooting for your own country. And yeah, you know, I kind of pull for the American, the American team, as they call them teams. I'm not sure because it's not like they're playing. You know, it's not like they can help one another. But really, I just rooted for the superior athletes. Some of these people are just crazy athletic. And you know, there's a lot of people didn't even finish the course. You know, sometimes you just think a guy that finishes 
that round, oh man, he's pretty good because a lot of people don't finish the round. A lot of people don't even finish to level four. Level four is the final round because it starts, you got 12 components. You know, maybe I should have said this in the beginning, but you know what? If you're listening to this, you've probably seen season one and you're just curious if season two worth watching. Yeah, you know, it's pretty much more season one. You start with 12 competitors to eight in round two to five in round three to two in level four, round four. And that's pretty much it. So that is Ultimate Beastmaster. Is it worth watching? Yeah, if you like these kind of reality competition shows, it's definitely worth watching. It's a lot of fun. And like I said, I watch them the whole family, and it is rare we can find something we all enjoy, we're all into. My son, he was on top of the scores. I mean, it's like, hey, buddy, who's in first place? What's his score? How many points does he have? He could just call it out, and I was surprised. I couldn't give you both the numbers, but he just he was on top of it, and we were all into it. So Ultimate Beastmaster, watch it. A lot of fun, provided you want a reality competition show. If you're looking for some high drama or comedy, well, this isn't it. But you should know that going in. Have fun with it. Go to our website, crossthenetflixstream.com. This is your portal to find us on social media, our written reviews, news, previews, and videos. You can email me directly, ward at crossthenetflixstream.com. Go to iTunes or your preferred podcast player. Rate this. Review it. I would appreciate it. I watch movies on Netflix so you don't have to.